Praise God. I thought y'all'd like that. <laughs> you know, everybody has their own interpretation of Christmas. <laughs> and I thought that was a good one, so. Praise the Lord. Well, get your Bibles out this morning. And if you would, let's go to the Christmas story. Let's go over to uh, Luke chapter 1. I want to I share uh, my interpretation of Christmas. So I'm going to start reading in verse 26. And I'm going to read a little bit here this morning. It's, you know, don't, don't say, oh, yeah, I've heard that. No, no, no. Come on. Hang with me here. Let's look at it. Let's let the Holy Spirit just illuminate it to us this morning. It says, now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph, to the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. Now, hold on just right there for a second. I, 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 when I was reading this, I was telling my wife this morning, I said, every time I read this, I just get fascinated because she's saying she's having a trouble with the way Gabriel is speaking to her. Not that there's an angel standing there. All right? All right. Just want to bring that point out. Then the angel said to her, don't be afraid, Mary, for you have, been, you have found favor with God. And behold, I will, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. And he will be great and will be called the son of the highest. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. In his kingdom, there will be no end. And there Mary said to the angel, how can this be since I do not know a man? And the angel answered, said, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest shall overshadow you. Therefore, also that Holy One who is, is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now, indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is now the sixth month for her and she who was called barren. For with God, nothing will be impossible. Amen? Okay, now jump back over to Matthew's Gospel, chapter 1, 18, 118. It says, now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. But while he thought about these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And she will bring forth a son, and you will call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Now, that's a pretty important thing to get Joseph straight in all this. You got to understand that, right? Mary, you know, she knew what was going on, knew something was happening inside of her. But now if you just had Joseph and an angel didn't appear to him, Gabriel didn't speak to him or talk to him, well, you got to got a problem here because he's saying something's fishy in Denmark, right? So now God got Joseph straight. So, okay, let's go back to Luke chapter 2, verse 1. And it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This census first took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. 
So all went to be registered, everyone to his own city. And Joseph went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth unto Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and the lineage of David to be registered with his wife, his betrothed wife, for she was with child. So it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be to deliver. And she brought forth her firstborn son. She wrapped him in swaddling clothes, laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Now there was in the same country shepherds living out in the field, keeping watch over the flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them. The glory of the Lord shone around about them, and they were greatly afraid. And the angel said to them, do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you, you'll find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace and goodwill towards men. So it was that when the angels had gone away from there into heaven, that the shepherds said to one another, Let us go now to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord had made known to us. And they came with haste, and they found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Now when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning the child. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Now just imagine this whole scene for just a minute. I want you just to kind of put yourself, you know, that's why I played the video there of the kids' interpretation of what went. I love the, they bought gold, Frankenstein, and myrrh, you know. And so the interpretation of what went on, what took place. But you got to understand Joseph and Mary would not have fulfilled the prophecy had they not had to go back and been forced to because of the registry. They were having to do that because it was fulfilling prophecy that Jesus was going to be born in Bethlehem. Okay, so that wouldn't have taken place. Right. It wouldn't have been taking place that you had a young pregnant girl who was betrothed to her husband. That would have ended. Hello. That had been over with all the things God had to pull together. All the things, the little things, the things that you don't think about, the little things that are just here and there. I'm glad he brought some country folk into it, right? And out to the shepherds and brought them into the deal. Here's a baby. Why would a king of kings be born in a manger? Why would he be in a feed trough? Y'all see what I'm saying? All these things that God was bringing about and making happen when nobody really knew what was going on. There was somebody in the inn that night mad and complaining because they didn't have any hot water in their room. Somebody was mad because they went out to eat and the restaurants are full because the town was crowded and they couldn't get in. There was an hour and a half wait list. Right. But the Savior was down there in the stable. The thing about it, church, is it's real easy sometimes in life to miss Jesus. It's real easy sometimes in life to get caught up with everything that's going on in the world, all the troubles, all the woes, all the, you know, the, 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 the doom and gloom, and, and be, get caught up with all that and miss God right in your midst. What I've been preaching these last few weeks about walking in the kingdom of God. It is something that we have to be aware of at all times of God. You're in our midst. God, you are with us. Where are you? What's going on? What do you want me to do? Where should I be going? What should I be doing? Order my steps, prepare my way, make my crooked path straight. Because if you don't watch it, 
You can miss God. And we come and we, you know, we get used to singing Christmas carols and we get used to uh, giving gifts. And, we, and, and if you don't watch out what you're doing, it just becomes a headache and you just sit, you're in turmoil. And then the turkey didn't turn out right or the chicken didn't right or the, you know, you couldn't find the right gift or, you know, this doesn't look good or the lights on the Christmas tree won't work or whatever. And you get all caught up and you miss God. Here was the son of God born right there in Bethlehem, right there in the manger. But there were people hustling and bustling, just going about trying to get people. They probably had a coffee shop talk, grapping and complaining about the governor making them come over there and retro. Maybe get away from me. I missed two weeks of work out here. I'd come out there the whole way. Go, my donkey got lame coming over here. Got to go get a new donkey because of this. And they were all complaining about everything, what the government's doing to them and miss God out there in the stable. Somebody said, what's that bright light? Somebody ought to turn. Ah, there you go. There was somebody sleeping in the inn that night. Said, somebody ought to shut that light off outside. Get up and tow the curtains. <clears throat> Big old bright star shining in over here. Okay. So now I want to change pace a little bit. You got to understand that the gospel of Luke, it, when it was originally written, the original text was in Greek. Okay. So the language was Greek. Now we don't understand Greek, right? We say it looks like Greek. Okay. But meaning we don't understand it. And so we, we, you know, but it got translated into English. Okay. And so sometimes it loses the impact of the Greek language because the Greek language is more descriptive, more uh, powerful and had more powerful words to it than our English words. Okay. So in verse 11, there in Luke chapter two, verse 11, when it says, there is born to you this day in the city of David, a Savior who is Christ the Lord. The word Savior is the word soter in the Greek. It means a Savior, a Deliverer, a Preserver. But it was a name given to to, by the ancients to deities, especially... Okay, hold on a minute. It was a name given by the ancients to deities, especially tutelary deities. That's what the definition, this is what it said there. I didn't know what that meant, word meant either. So I went to Webster's, looked up what tutelary means. It means having the guardianship of a person or a thing. In other words, it was, the Greeks gave it to deities that had guardianship or were, you know, over a certain segment of the world or whatever, the sea or the, the land or the whatever they were, okay? The word soter is also given to princes, to kings, and in general to men who had conferred signal benefits upon their country and in a more degenerate times by flattery to personages of influence. The Greeks... Epitaph of the gods, Zeus, Apollos, and Hermes always had this word attached to it. Okay? So think about this. When Paul, Luke, was writing the gospel, and he came to the word when they said, and his Savior is born. And translating this, he's saying, there is a God. The Savior is not just like some little Savior. The Savior is using the Greek word soter, this is a God who is in charge, the God who is in charge of it all, the God like Zeus and Hermes and Apollos, the God that comes down, the Savior was born. I mean, he put influence 
and, and, and power into that, wanting them to get everybody to get across to understand what this word meant. A savior. It's not just like, oh, yeah, a savior is born. We just think of Jesus, savior of the world. But what does the word savior mean? Okay, then he said, a savior, okay, who is Christ. Now, the word Christ is Christos. And Christos really means Christ, who is the Messiah, the Son of God. So they made the announcement here. No, no, no. It's this Savior, like big thing, big God, coming down, who is, he's made a declaration, he is the Messiah. He is the Son of God, the creator of heaven and earth and all therein. He's the Messiah. He's the anointed one. He's the one everyone has been looking for. He is the answer. He said, the Savior Christ, the Lord. And the word Lord is kurios. And it means he to whom the person or thing belongs. About or has power of deciding the master or the Lord. In other words, God created us all. And he is the master of all. The breath in your lungs belongs to God, whether you realize it or not, or want to declare it or not. Hello? He's the master of all, the possessor, and the dispossessor of a thing. The owner, the one who has control of the person, the state, the sovereign, the prince, the chief. The emperor. This is what the word Lord means. So put it all together in this declaration. And unto you this day, a savior is born who is Christ the Lord. He's saying there is a soter. There is a God who is like Apollos, who is descended out of the heavens. And this God who is descended out of the heavens and come, he is the Messiah, the one you're looking for. And he is the master and Lord over it all. So to be Greek and read it, you were like, see, we with our English versions and so many Christmas Christmases we've been through and Christmas songs we've sung and all the things, we get numbed to what was really said here. We get it we gets dumbed down on the inside of us. Have you ever noticed that there's well, we do it. We get people around here come to, come to Utopia and say, oh, my gosh, it's the most beautiful place in the world. <gasps> Must be amazing to live here. And we're like, yeah, you know, it's all right. <laughs> Hello? Why? Because we get dumbed down. We get used to it. We get accustomed to it. Everything just gets, we just get accustomed to everything going on. We get accustomed to the season. We get accustomed to the, 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 the leaves. You just, the beautiful leaves change and fall on the ground, and we complain because they are got clogged in the gutter. Or we got to go rake them up. Or they caused a mess. Hello? Luke was also declaring from Isaiah 7, 14. He says, therefore, the Lord himself will give unto you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel. So what's the word Emmanuel? The word Emmanuel means God with us. So now put it all together. Here's this God who's descended upon earth, who is the son of God, who has mastery 
over it all, but he's going to be with you. That's what Christmas is about. Now you think about this. Come on. Think about this. Give the Lord a hand clap. Give the Lord a shout. Say, thank you, Lord. Now think about this for a minute. And how did he come? You know, all the Greek gods, when they came, Poseidon, you know, great big. You never saw one that looked wimpy, right? They didn't make a wimpy god that came down. I mean, he came down, just, what do you call it? thing? ain't a pitchfork. Trident, yeah. And on the trident, you know, he's like, ah, right? And how was Jesus coming to the world? A little bitty, most innocent little baby. And I believe, because of what God had said earlier, that that Gabriel made the announcement to Mary. He said, there's nothing impossible with him. He wanted to put it into the, to the, the most vulnerable possible state that could possibly be. To take a little bitty innocent baby born in a dirty manger around a bunch of animals. Think about that. And then we turn to the same God and say, man, Lord, I don't know how you're going to get us out of this problem. We say, oh, this is too big. I don't think God can pull this one off. I don't think God can make this happen. What? He's going to defeat death, hell, and the grave. He's going to bring the Messiah into the world, and he's going to do it through the most innocent, helpless way that could possibly be. I'm here today to tell you that Jesus came into this world to deliver you and nothing is impossible with him. He came into this world to defeat death, hell, and the grave and to make a way for every one of us to be able to say God is with us. Now, I want to show you another scripture. Go to 2 Peter chapter 2. 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 20. 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 20. It says, For if after they have escaped the pollutions of the world... Look how they did it. Through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. How did they escape the pollutions of the world? How did they escape the things going on in the world? Through the knowledge of who? The Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The same words. The same words. But notice something. That word Lord that I was sharing with you, It means that he's the master of it. Okay? So it says that the Savior came to make a way for all the world. The Savior did. All the world, right? So this is where people get it all mixed up. They want to say Jesus came, God already made a way for all people to be saved and all people to go to heaven because God made a way for and came for all of us. Well, he did. He did come for all of us. He did come and make a way for all of us. He made a way for all of us, but you have to walk down the way. Because he has to not be just your savior, he has to be your Lord. It's a two-step deal here. He came down and saved, made a way for the world to be saved, but you gotta give your life to Christ and make him the master and Lord of your life. But a lot of people don't wanna hear that. See, they just want the savior, they don't want the Lord. Because if they got the Savior, well, they could say, oh, isn't that sweet? But if it's the Lord, then all of a sudden, God's involved in your life, and he becomes the master, and he begins to tell you that how you can or how you should act. 
And a lot of people don't like that. Because a lot of people just want to do what they want to do when they want to do it. Okay? So what I want to remind you about on this Christmas season here is that, yes, he's the Savior of the world. But if you really want to get in and have him with you, then he's got to become your master. Why do you think the Apostle Paul wrote so many times and he said, and he referred to himself as a bondservant of Jesus Christ? That means an indebted servant to someone. That means that you went on this to look, I can't pay my bill, but I will be yours and do whatever you want me to. I'll sweep your store out. I'll do whatever to pay my bill. My bill. I become indebted to you, become a bond servant. So while the world's swirling and going on and all kinds of things are taking place, do you know that there's more people, statistics show there's more people who are depressed and suicidal through Christmas than any other month in the year? Because they're all looking at things of what they didn't get or, I mean, or what they don't have or not, who's not around them or they don't have this or that or the other. But the folks just, God said he wanted to be with us. He wanted to come into our lives and be a part with us and just be, man, poured out on the inside of us. That we should be the, this should be the greatest time when we stop and celebrate that the Savior came into this world because we made him the Lord of our life. Okay, I want to show you another scripture, 1 John 4.14. 1 John 4.14. And we have seen and testified that the Father has sent the Son as Savior of the world. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him and he in God. I want to read it again. And we have seen and testified that the Father has sent the Son as Savior. The Soter, the Savior of the world, the only answer for this world. Listen to me, folks. I, I, I know this sounds like, oh, yeah, Pastor, it's a good, you know, it's like we're believing for world peace. But truly, the only answer to the Russian-Ukrainian crisis, to the Chinese crisis, to the Iranian crisis, the only word is Jesus. Because he's the only, he is the Savior of the world. There was a story about General MacArthur during World War II when the Japanese finally had surrendered and would drop the bombs and everything was over. And they went to Japan to do that. And they asked him what he wanted. And he said, give me 100,000 missionaries. So I want 100,000 missionaries. And they said, what are you talking about? And he says, right now, this country is ripe. It's broken. They see their God was not any good. And they right now give me 100,000 missionaries so we can win this country to Jesus. They didn't do it, but he had the right answer. Yes. Folks, listen to me. The answer is always Jesus. But you can't look at him as just the Savior. You've got to look at him as the Lord. That's where the relationship gets connected, and that's where everything begins to flow in life. That's how you enter into the kingdom of God. That's how everything happens when you're willing to sit down and surrender and say, Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God. You are the Messiah, and I want you to be master over my life. Yes. Now, you think about something. If I'm going to become a servant to anybody, I'd, I would want to be a servant to the King of Kings. Hello? Because then if I have given my life to Christ, then all of a sudden Christ then has responsibility to take care of what's his. There's so many times that I've laughed, I've prayed like this. Lord, <clears throat> you made the rules, not me. And you let me in, and I jumped in. 
And so I'm in a mess, and you got to help me because I belong to you. Right? It's a revelation because all of a sudden now I, he's the master. I'm just the servant. But when there's a wrestle in your life because you still want mastery over your life, well, then all of a sudden you're in trouble because you're, 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 you're warring against the one who's really the master. That's like going to work for somebody and then telling them how they need to run their business. How many of y'all like that? Hello? Nobody does that. You don't go to work and tell the boss what to do. Well, some people do. But my point is, this is the way our relationship is. We need to, this time of year, be worshiping the Savior that came into the world. We need to be rejoicing. We need to be so happy that Jesus came into the world and made a way for us. But people, what we need to really know, and if you're watching this today and you've never heard this before, you're not going to get anywhere in life until you accept the Savior into your life, until Jesus becomes the Lord of your life. Then you've entered into a relationship. And then that's what gets you to heaven and eternal life forever. Amen? So I encourage you, don't get too caught up with everything going on in the world. Don't get too caught up, man. Keep focused this Christmas on what is, is real. Keep focused to your family what's real. Keep ministering to them. Keep preaching to them. Yes, he's the savior of the world, but oh, yes, and, and, and he needs to be the Lord of your life. Keep that as, as focused. Keep it that, that God has got you, folks, this year. If you're in the worst place you've ever been in your life right now, I want to tell you something. God has got you. There's nothing impossible with him. If he can bring a child into this world in the middle of a stable but save the world, he can help you out of your situation. You just need to make him Lord of your life. Hello? Don't get caught up. Don't let the devil twist your tail. Don't let him just get over there and get to jerking on you and messing you all up, man. Stay with the Lord. Amen. And see the victory. Amen? Amen. So I want to do something for you right now. I mean, I'm, I'm preaching kind of short today. So stand up and I want to pray. Listen to me, you out there watching and you in here. Matter of fact, let me have some prayer people come down up front, please. Jesus is the Savior of the world. He came into this world for you and for me. And I know that things get maybe looking dark in life. But the answer is to make Jesus a Lord of your life. And the simply what Lord means is you submit to him and say, Lord, you're the master of my life. You give your life to Christ. And if you've never done that, if you've never asked Jesus to come into your life, you know, the Bible's real simple. It just says all you have to do is confess it with your mouth and believe in your heart. In other words, you have to have a heart change. You have to cry out for him. Don't let anyone tell you you've got to jump through hoops. Don't anyone tell you that you've got, to, you've got to do it this or that way. No, no, no. It's the cry of your heart to the Lord. And then Jesus will come and he'll save you, rescue you, wash your sins away, make all things right. If you're in here today and listen to me, you don't, you don't know, you don't have that knowing down on the inside of you that Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior. You don't know for sure today that if you died, you'd go to heaven. You, you, you're hoping, you're hoping and a praying. But that's not where you need to be. You need to be assured. You need to know that you know, 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 that Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior. That's the greatest Christmas gift I could give to anybody was to introduce them to Jesus. And we have people down here to pray with you. But I want to pray 
because I don't know who's out there watching. And if you're in here and you're not sure, I want you to come down to the front and pray with one of these people before you leave. But for those of you out there, I want to pray with you right now. All you have to do is say, Jesus, come into my life. I believe that you are the Savior of the world. I believe you gave your life on the cross for me. And I ask you to come into my life, to forgive me of my sins, to wash me in the blood of Jesus and make me free. I give my life to you today. Thank you, Lord. And if you prayed that prayer from your heart, the Spirit of God is touching you, has come into your life. And this is truly the greatest Christmas you've ever had, because Jesus now is your Lord and Savior. For those of you in here, like I said, I want the prayer team is going to be up here. You need to come down and you need to pray with them. But I want to pray over you and I want to bless you. Lord, I declare right now in Jesus' name that as we stand in here today, Lord, I ask you to bless this congregation, to pour your love out upon them, that, Lord, as they go to be with family or friends or whatever is taking place in this season, Lord, that it will be so rich, so loving, so, so amazing your presence there with them. That, Lord, we worship you as the Savior of the world. And we thank you for blessing them. And Lord, we make you the Lord of our lives. And never forget that, that we are your servants. So Lord, bless them. Bless them, O oh Lord, exceedingly, abundantly, beyond they could ever even think or ask, Lord. And let this be the greatest Christmas that, Lord, they've ever had. And Lord, we give you praise for it. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. God bless you, church. Have a Merry Christmas, and we'll catch you next service.